what a joy indeed for me to be here today and to be able to come across uh, sharing the word of God with us. Um, I know our Reverend Jafu is somewhere ministering and uh, all the amazing ministers of God online. Thank you so much. I have uh, one of our people who have been in Masaka sometime back, Joe and Liava, and I've seen her online. All of you, welcome. Uh, problem with uh, 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 online ministry is that you see me, I don't see you. <laughs> you know me, I don't know you. Uh, so please, when you meet me, it will be nice for you to say, hey, I know you, my brother. And what a joy indeed for me to join you wherever you are, all the way from Masaka, uh, at Masaka Pentecostal Church. Initially, I'd been told I was speaking from around 10. And so I had another speaking engagement from 11. <laughs> so, uh, but what a joy still to be able to come across and to share with us uh, the word of God. Uh, it, it's really exciting that I can be, you know, asked of all men of God in Uganda to be able to come and pray with us tonight. Uh, but as I've said before, uh, at All Saints, I am at home. Uh, this is where my mentor, Samuel Woe, introduced me into ministry. And I started doing church ministry from All Saints until the Lord uh, then asked me to go down to a total KPC those days. And I didn't know that that was a setup so that he can bring me down uh, to Masaka. Um, I've been here, I came here in 1994, and uh, before I came here, I'd been a watchman at KPC, and I was brought here so that I can um, you know, watch the church as they were trusting God for a, uh, for a pastor to be found, because the person who had been found to come to Masaka, uh, where, where, when he got here, when they were doing, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, how do you call that thing of, uh, they call it spiritual mapping, yes. When they came for spiritual mapping, they discovered that, hey, this place has a lot of drama. And um, so somehow he was not, uh, he, he changed his mind. I know God has called me, but I don't think he called me for massacre. And so I came here and they told me that maximum will be two years. They will have found a person and uh, 28 years later, I am still here. Uh, Reason why I'm terribly excited even to share about the theme today is because I had been trained. I'd been trained as a, a mechanical engineer. And then as I started relating with God, um, I was working in Ghana Transport Company. When I was working with God, the Lord instructed me that he wanted to, me to serve him the way he wants me to serve him. And then that's when he told me, uh, through one of our pastors, some of you would know Pastor Chris Komagum. Uh, one time he phoned me at church, I was ushering, and he, he asked me, what's your name? I said, I'm Sam. He said, yes, I remember. Um, he said, God has just instructed me right now to tell you that you are going to join the ministry the way I joined the ministry. I said, how did you join ministry? And then he says, you need to come to my house on Monday, which is my day off, and I will tell you how I joined the ministry. So on Monday, I went to his house. And then he told me how he was top of the class, economics class at Makerere of government sponsorship. And the Lord told him to go and wash toilets at KPC. Um, well, of course, I was really struggling with that because I grew up as an orphan and I'm like the seventh in the family of eight. And, uh, you know, like as um, 
there's a way people think boys are supposed to be helping. We had our big brother, and then the, the last of us who are boys, like everybody is having so much hope in you. They say, we want you to help us. And that's why we are excited that you are finishing school. And I've started school and I'm working. And at that time, actually, I also had started business. I, I used to take things to Nairobi and come back with things. And I tell you, it was promising. But it's at that time that the Lord started, you know, moving me to move on uh, to end up actually working at KPC as a watchman. And uh, so you can imagine I've had a lot of forgive, forgetting the former things. I had to forget at one time that I'd been a guild president in our college. I had to forget that at one time I'd been trained. I was like an engineer. I had to forget that I was doing business. And I had to forget later that I'd been a watchman in a, in a big church in Kampala because I came here down in Masaka and things were really hard. And, um, and so... Uh, I, I really want to thank God. Looking back, I am glad that I have kept moving on. I've kept uh, forgetting the former things. I've, for, uh, I've kept, you know, pushing forward. I've kept uh, uh, looking to God. What would you have me do at such a time as this? And actually, even right now, I'm at that point where I feel the Lord is telling me uh, to prepare somebody to take up the work that I've been doing here in Masaka. And um, I find myself at that place where God told Abraham, he says, I want you to leave your home, your people, and I want you to go to the place that I will show you. So, I mean, what do you mean, God? You want me to leave the thing I've been doing? You want me to leave the thing I know? You want me to leave the thing I have lived for and go and find something that I even don't know what you are talking about? Well, I want to welcome you as a... As a, as a Christian and as a child of God, I want to welcome you to know that is a work that he has called us to, a work of forgetting the former things and the work of having us to move on to where he wants us to be. And uh, I want to try and share the screen that I have here. Um, I hope it makes sense. Um, because uh, I have a number of scriptures that I want to uh, to use as as we share together today. Um, so, just looking at the theme, and by the way, I'm very grateful that I I, I have to be welcomed here, uh, Reverend Canon Rebecca Bambi. Thank you so much for allowing me to come, and and all the people behind this whole ministry of prayer. Um, so I want to share with us from uh, the, the, from, from the, the slides that I've made. Uh, I hope they, they, they can be seen properly. Let me just also make sure I'm following so that uh, I, I don't do something that doesn't make sense. Okay. So um, I, I, I was looking at the, the scripture that we are using, and uh, basically it says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. 
Now, obviously, of course, you know the scripture when we come from up there, Paul has told us of all his big successes. He, he came from the right tribe. He came from uh, the right uh, a kind of education system. He was a lawyer. He, he had everything going well for him. Uh, but then he tells us that, hey, look, guys, uh, I've not yet reached where I'm supposed to go, but I chose that. Time came one time and I had to make a choice. And the choice I had to make at that time was that I had to forget everything that I was living for, everything I was trained for. And, and he said something. He said, I let go of all those things. And, and he says, and, and I've not yet gotten what I want, but one thing I do, I want to try as much as possible to forget those things which are behind so that I can reach forward to those things which are ahead. Uh, I learned that it is hard for you to go ahead if you are busy looking behind. And, and one of the issues I discovered, especially for us as Africans, one time I was just looking at the way we greet in the morning. We greet Wakone Laurier, Wasuzotia, Iburo Mabe, Echo Mabe, Ikunitibiebo, Wisuko Wire. Everything, when we meet each other in the morning, we are talking backwards and we are looking at how the night has gone. And um, we will say, Kuriko uh, Mwaka, you know. Um, uh, well survived the year. But when you look at our friends from the West, they will say, good morning. They will say, good evening, good afternoon. They will say, happy new year. Uh, you know, uh, congratulations on the baby. For us, we say, well survived the baby. And, and then I started adding up something that every time, if you are not focusing to the future, if you are not looking where you are going, you tend to be held back with the things that are happening at that time in your life. And it has a way it limits us. And I've seen this in the ministry. I've seen this in the family. And, and uh, by the grace of God, God has given us ministry. We, we minister among you know, families. And <clears throat> by the grace of God, I found people who are in high court you know, for divorce. And as we've talked small, you know, asked them, when you initially started, where were you going? What was your dream marriage? What did you want to have? And they will, they will tell you all these wonderful things. And the thing that will shock you, that suddenly the lights will go on. You know, this is what we thought. You know, we used to have a wonderful time. You know, we used to do this. We used to do that. And, and they will tell you so many stories of how things were supposed to be well. And then they went badly. And, and sometimes I would ask them, say, so according to you, if anything, what would it, what, what are some of the things that if they had not happened, you would not be where you are at? Oh my God, and they would just give them like that. And now sometimes I ask them, say, so, uh, so meaning that if, if by miracle of God or something happens uh, and this person changes to do those things, is there hope for this? No, 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 there's no hope for this. You know, we have irreconcilable differences. Uh, but then when you talk with them, they had one year or two years, which were really good. And they're the same, same people. Nothing has really changed. And I, I just want to bring a testimony to say, by the grace of God, I, have, I think I'm now counting about four or five, you know, couples who have actually withdrawn the cases and gone back to live together. And, and the simple thing is most of us are focusing on former things, are focusing on what somebody did to you. We're focusing on what somebody has said about you. And every time we are focusing in the past, we are missing the future, which is potential. 
And, and, and so I like Paul tells us, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it because I have realized that some people, the moment God starts doing a few things in their lives, they think they have arrived and they sit down. And then he says, no, I know I have not arrived. There must be more in my life than what I'm seeing right now. And then he says, I want to forget those things that are behind. You know, I want to forget the past and I want to look ahead. I want to reach forward for something that must be lying in the future for me to enjoy. And then, of course, he tells us in um, the next two verses, that 14 and 15, he says, I praise towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm not just contented with what is there, but I believe my life has to count for something and I am pressing forward to get that thing that must be somewhere. And he says something which is very interesting. He says, I believe that I have been called of God in Christ Jesus for a prize. There's something up there. I've done well, yes. I, 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 I like my experiences. I like the things I've encountered. But, but inside my spirit, there's that thing that says there's more to life than what you have so far seen. And I mean, you just need to read about what he said to us from verse 8. He tells us all the wonderful things about his education, his family background. Everything was going well. But he reached a place and said, you know what? I need more. There must be something more in this life. And then he tells us in verse 15, there are four letters, as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. I like that. He says, the look here, good people, uh, there's something that God is doing in our lives. And he's telling us everybody who is mature. So which means this is not for, for young people. He says, this is for everybody who is mature. He says, look up. I want you to know that any one of you who is mature, you need to look at things from this perspective. You need to know that God has something special. God has called you for something and you need to press towards that. The thing is not going to come to you. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we have as, as church people. We believe when we pray, we believe when we, we claim, uh, we believe when we declare things, they are going to come to us. But I've also learned uh, the few years I've worked with God is that when God calls you, in fact, in the book of Peter, he tells us that make every effort to make your calling uh, and election sure. He says, like, I know you are called, but you need to come to a place in your life where you are sure that this call is real. It's not just something you imagined, especially when you go through trials. You need to be convinced about why you have been called. And so uh, tonight, even as we are sharing, one of the things that I want to focus on so much is to look at the future. What does God have in store? What's going on in the world that maybe, maybe just maybe God put you here so that you make a difference with the thing that is happening in the world. And uh, this whole thing of forgetting the former things happens and appears many times in the scriptures. We see it in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, where in 18 it says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Uh, what is he talking about? He's saying, like, look here, you have many things that have already happened in your life. And, and he says, and if you have to remember them at all, don't uh, focus on them. 
And I like what verse 19 beginning says, behold. The other version says, see, you know, like, because he says, if you are looking back, you will not see. <clears throat> and here he says, I will do a new thing. God is always in the business of doing new things. And so God is inviting and calling. I say, hey, look here. I, I know you have a past. I know some of you have really amazing past, good ones. And they say, and I know some of you really have struggled. I know you have issues which have gone on. But he says, hey, look, look, look. I want you to walk, look up here. Behold, look ahead because I am about to do something new. And I like how he says how this thing is going to happen. He says, now it shall spring forth. It's like God says, look, if you are walking and working with me, you need to live a life of expectation that anytime, anytime something can spring up. Anytime I can call you to do something new. Anytime I could give you an instruction for you to do something for me. And I like during the prayer, you know, as, 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 as the different people are leading us in prayer, there was that particular one which, which really touched a knot with me. He said, look, wherever we are, we need to be in that place knowing we are working for God. And, and if you're working for God, all things are possible. Anything can happen. And you need to live in a life of expectation that as I move with him, something new might happen in a time. You know, and, and sometimes people ask me, so Pastor Sam, just tell us, what is your secret of you staying the course? Because we have been building a, a church which has taken us, is coming to hmm, uh, 18 years, I think, I believe about 18 years, you know, been building this building. And, and, and people wonder why. And, and I keep telling them, look, as we work on this work, God keeps bringing up things. He keeps telling us new things. The vision I started with is not what we have now. Initially, we wanted to have three stories, twin towers of three stories. As I talk now, we are talking seven to eight stories on each of our buildings. We have not even started those yet. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, like as you work with God, he keeps bringing new revelation. He, he, he keeps, you know, blowing our minds. I like that scripture that in, in Corinthians that says, no eye has seen, no mind has conceived, um, and neither has it entered in, uh, in any imagination of a person for the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So if you love God, you need to be one of those people who believe that God is taking you somewhere and you need to keep going. And, and I like how God even puts it, it shall bring forth, shall you not know it? I like this. He said, I will even make a road in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. Come on, God, what are you talking about? Well, God says, this is what I'm talking about. I'm about to do something and you need to be expectant. Maybe you are in a wilderness where there is no road, there is no access. God says, I will make a way in that place. And I know as we are talking right now, many of us are in those places where things have really not gone the way we want. As you try to scratch your head, you know, Corona and, and you know, the war in Ukraine and all the things that are going on, uh, things are moving from bad to worse. Well, let me encourage you tonight that when you see things moving from bad to worse, that is like... Um, uh, you know, a wilderness, and God has promised us that he will make a road. And I like that scripture in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He says, he says, hey, nothing has happened to you that's not common to man. He says, but for everything that happens in your life, God is faithful. 
And when you say God is faithful, what do you mean? You say, well, he's faithful. He will never let you to be tempted beyond what you can stand. Anything you are going through, God says, is your size. Whatever you are going through, I am able to help you. He says, I will make a way so that you can stand under it. Not even a way of escape, so you run away, but so you stand under it. Why? Because everything that comes, God is going to use it for his glory. Uh, the late John Austin, the father of Joel Austin, said something at the hardest time of my ministry. He said something. He says, God will never waste the, uh, God will never waste the, what did he say? God will never waste the pain of his servants. So as we serve God, we will go through all kinds of challenges. And, and that's why God tells us, please don't live in the past because almost everything that is happening, as the Bible says, all things work together for our good. God is working. He's, sometimes our biggest uh, stumbling blocks are set stepping stones for our next level of encounter with God. And so God, when God tells us, forget the former things, forget the past, that's what he's telling us. He says, I'm about to do something. And of course, I like the whole issue of rivers in the desert. Come on. I went to... I went to uh, to Dubai, and I uh, had an opportunity to go to those sand dunes. I also went down to Egypt, and I looked at the sand. You know, like, if you have water, it doesn't matter how much it is. When you pour it in the sand, it just disappears. But now God is telling us that where nothing can be held, God will cause something to be held. And, and I believe uh, it doesn't matter where you are at right now as a Christian. It doesn't matter where you are at as a parent. It doesn't matter where you are at as a spouse of somebody, it doesn't matter where you are at as a boss of an organization, it doesn't matter where you are at as a, as, a, as a worker in an organization, even it doesn't matter where you are at, whether you have no, a job or no job, I came to tell you tonight that the God we serve, oh, praise the Lord, the God we serve is still able to make things work out for you. And I want you to be encouraged even as uh, we continue sharing briefly uh, tonight. Now, in order for us to be able to get ourselves focused, to forget the past so that we press ahead, I have borrowed the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 1 uh, from verses 4 uh, to verse 6. And I will be picking out a few things. So the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. And uh, I was trying to do some study around this. This guy was young at that time. And some Bible scholars think he was about 17. And he's a teenager, you know, growing into small adulthood. And the, the Bible says, God is talking to this young man. He tells him, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Wait, God, what are you talking about? Come on. He said, say, so, so, so. You, me, when my dad gave birth to me, he saw this little boy. So for you as God, when my dad was looking at that baby, you, you are looking at a prophet born, a prophet to the nations. What are you talking about, God? You know, and I like what uh, Jeremiah says, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. I'm a youth. I like it in Luganda. The Luganda version says, oh, where is it? <laughs> It's like, God, you, you just got the wrong man. You got the wrong number. You got the wrong address. You have come to a wrong guy. And of course, he told God uh, where he was at. He's not even talking about his past. Okay? And of course, we've had guys like Gideon where God shows up and says, hey, Gideon, mighty man of valor. 
You don't say, hey, hey, excuse me, wrong number, wrong address. You just got the wrong guy. He said, look, let me tell you about myself. Let me tell you about my past. I come from the smallest. I'm the last born. I come from the smallest clan. I am the last born of that smallest clan. And in that clan, our family is the smallest. God, what? why are you calling me my man of valor? <laughs> so God was saying, look at yourself. In that same strength, you go in that same strength, and I'm going to show you something. So, uh, so for some of us, we are living in the past. Some of us are stuck on the present, like the young man, Jeremiah. Young man, Jeremiah says, uh, you God, what you're talking, you don't know. Eh? Me, look at myself. I have never spoken. I don't know how to speak. Eh? I cannot speak. And now you are telling me that I'm a prophet to the nations. Number two, I'm a youth boss. I, come on, who will sit and listen to a youth? And, and many times, actually, many of us who are refusing to look backwards is because we have limited knowledge and understanding of where God wants to take us. God had already told him that young man, before you were formed in the womb, I knew what was being formed. I knew that we were forming a prophet. And not just a simple prophet. We were forming a prophet to the nations. And then he also said something very powerful. He says, we're not just forming a, 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 this prophet who will have maybe some Australia. He said, you are a prophet who has also been ordained, sanctified, set apart. You are not just going to begin fumbling. Me, before you were born, I saw an accomplished prophet. You know, and so I have one big point that I just landed there on that, uh, that screen. It says, there must be something you are created to accomplish. There must be something. There must be something that each one of us who are up at this time, you are created to accomplish. It is there. And that's why you cannot afford to live in the past. There, there must be something. There must be something. I, I'll never forget uh, when, when I got my wife, I took out my sister who raised us. And um, so <laughs> I, I, I called her, I said, hey, I'm, I'm bringing uh, somebody to show you who I want to marry this year. So I got there and, uh, you know, my wife was one of those very beautiful, small, young girls, sophisticated, yeah, working in the bank of Uganda. And, you know, that time they just brought those ladies briefcases and she had these very beautiful, you know, see-through shoes high heeled, you know, so we show up and I remember we grew up as orphans and so we, we grew up being told you need to know you are, you are liberal, we are orphans, we, we, we are not going anywhere, we have to live like uh, like orphans, please know you are liberal, don't lift, don't lift yourself beyond what you are able to handle, that, that's how we're raised. You know, but, but as I kept growing up, I started feeling in my heart and in my spirit that God had called me for the nations, that God had called me to go to the nations, to speak to the nations. I, I, I somehow, I mean, I come from the village in, in Strongpo in Nalugugu, and uh, I will never forget the time I went there with my children. And when we came back, my, my daughter was quiet, like, you know, unusually quiet for like two days. Then she came to me one day and said, Daddy, you know, we went to the village. And something just hit me. And it, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. And I need your help. He says, the only thing I can say is that you're a crazy man. I said, why? You cannot come from Sri Lanka, where we went. All the stories you used to tell us, I thought you used to make them up. 
you came from that funny place, daddy, and you came here, and now you have built this cathedral, this huge building, a 3,000 seater. It doesn't add up. How, what, what happened in between there? So I had to tell her, I said, mom, you know what? When God calls us, he calls us as we are, but he calls us for greatness. He calls us for things which are way beyond ourselves. You know, and, and, and so it's really important that we learn as God is people that God has called you for something. There must be something, something. And, 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 and for some of us, what God has called us is not even connected to where we are right now at all. It, you may never. I mean, I was, I was an engineer. I was, I was doing business. I used to take things. And the business I was doing was very good. I was getting 100% net profit on every investment I made. 100% profit. And my goodness me, God has blessed me with, you know, ability to talk to people, make connections. I'd come up with all kinds of connections. I was going to represent Canon in Uganda. You know, the Canon who make, you know, uh, photocopiers and stuff. Uh, we had already, we were talking the next trip to go to, come, uh, to Nairobi. I was supposed to sign the contract with them. And uh, I had come back to look for where we we're going. To, I'll be one of those big guys on maybe Loom Street or or NASA Road or something like that. It, I mean, things were looking very good for me at that time. But but God used my pastor to say, God has just told me you're joining ministry. I joined. And, and guess what? God wanted me to join from under, not from up. I always wanted to be up because I grew up from under. Uh, I've always been an underdog. So I, I wanted to be also something big. You know, I didn't want to begin from down there. But that's what God said. I want you to go down there. And, and it's only when I became a watchman that I came in touch and in contact with men who God has used to mentor me. It's how God introduced me to the minister for me to understand what ministry is all about. It, 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 that one year as a watchman, God taught me like almost 70% of what I'm living on right now. As a watchman in one year, God taught me. I've never prayed as much as I ever prayed in that year. I'm telling you. This God knows what he's doing. So there must be something somewhere that God wants you to accomplish. And it's important that we learn that even as we continue working with God. Verses 7 and 8 of Jeremiah 1, it says, But the Lord said to me, you know, so the guy was saying, Lord, I think you got the wrong guy. And God says something that is strange. God says, do not say I am a youth. Excuse me, God, just in case you forgot, here on the earth, youth are the guys who are, Below 35. Last time I checked, I'm a youth. Well, God was saying, don't say what you are right now. When I'm talking to you, I want you to know that I have, I'm the alpha and the omega. When I talk to you, I have the whole perspective of your life. I don't look at your life from the small perspective. I talk to you from the wide perspective. I talk to you from the bigger way of things. So God says, look, you look at me and look at me carefully. Do not say, I am a youth. It is not about you, actually. <laughs> this is what's happening. And I want to say this. Whatever is happening around and in you does not necessarily determine the outcome of your life. That's a big point I wanted to drop here. Because God says, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. I like the next verse. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So, and you know, we prayed against fear. Most of us will never become what God has called us to be because of fear. 
most of us will never forget the past because we are fearing the unknown future. But I'm, I'm, I, I believe I came tonight. I don't think I came for all of you. I think there's somebody I came to for, and I came to tell you, stop fearing and believe God. If God told you, God will fix it. I know this is a specific word for somebody listening to me right now. If he has spoken it, don't argue. Don't make noise. Don't say, how would it be? Do you remember uh, Mother Mary, the mother of Jesus? When they told her, hey, you. You are going to have a child. You say, hey, hey, excuse me, Mr. Angel, this side of heaven, you don't get no child until you have a man. And so the angel said, don't worry. The spirit of God will overshadow you. And the Bible says when the moment she said that, uh, uh, the moment the, 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 uh, the angel said that, Mary said, let it be unto me as according to your word. Peter looks and they see Jesus walking on water and all of them know this must be a, a ghost. And so Peter says, if you are the one, ask me to come. And he walks on water because he had, obviously, I believe you're scared in one way or another, because how do I know? When the wave came, the fears that he had tried to suppress came up to the surface. I was walking on water without waves. I'm not sure I can walk on water when they have waves. And Jesus said, hey, look at you. Why did you doubt when you left the the, the boat, you are going to walk on water. And if I tell you to walk on water, you can walk on straight water, peaceful water, and stormy water. Is Water is water as far as I'm concerned. And so this is what I want to challenge us to think about. Most of us are saying and sticking with the things that we have experienced. But what you experienced was for the moment, and most likely it may have nothing to do with the future. I'll go back to, to collect that story of when I went to see um, my sister with my PNC. And so, you know, after she made her to sit down, she went to the kitchen and she called me, Sam, the way she called me, I knew this is going to be a lecture. So I go there, she says, I thought you told me you are going to bring somebody you are going to marry. I said, yeah, where is she? I said, that one. So what's wrong with you? Don't you know your, uh, how can I say how she said, don't you know your class? Is that a kind of person? So anyway, let me not waste time with this one. So when are you bringing the next one? Well, it's because at one time I was relating with somebody who came from Canada, was a white girl, and, and she insisted we have to go to uh, Canada. Obviously, I would kill to go to Canada. I mean, that's a land of opportunity. But God told me I want you to go to Masaka. So that relationship didn't work. And then there was another one uh, who, when we started relating, she got to know me closely. How God had called me to live by faith and stuff. She couldn't come along. And then, of course, there was another person. So this was like the ones that introduced my sister. And I'm talking about relationships that were serious, even like they introduced you in church. Like if you have been introduced in a church like Watoto and you have been working there as a watchman, now you are a pastor. And then, you know, it's unbelievable. How do you go back to that same place? You know, and, and it's like all those things were happening at that time. You know, I would have given up if I focused on that. And I remember I told my sister, I said, excuse me, sister, I only brought this because you are my sister. In fact, if you tell me I should never bring her, you will see them on the wedding or after the wedding. I said, look, if this sister says no, immediately she says no, it will hurt me because I've been hurt already, but I will go back and pray and will find somebody else. And I told her that just because some people don't like me doesn't mean I don't, I'm not liked by God. And doesn't mean there's nobody out there 
who thinks I am really great and they would love to spend the rest of their life with me. So I'm not going to live in the past. The relationship which did work in the past did work in the past. Uh, some of them I may have made mistakes. Some of them I may not have made mistakes. Maybe the other people made mistakes. Some of them maybe were just supposed to keep me waiting while I meet the right person. And, and so I refused to look in the past. And I mean, in the space of about three years, I'd had like four very serious relationships. And when I say serious, I mean it. I'm a wholesale dealer. I, when, when the person says yes to me, everybody I know will know. And I'm telling you, I'm that kind of person. I don't, I was raised as a Mzuku for the awakened person. So me, I shared my things. I shared them openly and as the young people say these days. So, and, and I, I could have given up, but I somehow believed there was something that I believe God wanted to do uh, with me. And uh, the testimony I want to give that is kind of long, but I remember one time I was um, uh, I was on a wedding and uh, my friend of mine, he, he, when he was told to remove the veil, he did in slow motion and, you know, uh, while we are there, some, I, 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 we are clapping, shouting, and, and I had a voice which was around my, my right uh, hip here behind me, I said, you will never have that. You know, that just cut my, through my heart. After many failed uh, uh, relationships, obviously, it creates a lot of pain and doubt. And But I remember that day, it was a wedding day, so I went and cried and I came back. Okay, while I was actually there, <laughs> I cried. Uh, it somehow, it's just like tears just came to my eyes and I was crying. And the guy came and slapped me, saying, stupid boy, if they've taken a girl, find another one. Obviously, they didn't know what I was going through. Uh, I was having, at that time, I had an incurable disease. And, uh, but, but God is good. So I come back and my pastor is preaching. He's talking, introduce his family. Uh, my wife, I bring you blessings for my wife, um, uh, Faith, and our three children. And that day, I immediately and quickly got a revelation that, I, that, that if the wife is called Faith, I can also have a wife and I'll call her Faith. One day, I'm going to have that wife. And I lived for that wife. I thought of that wife. I imagined how I'm going to love that wife and I, I focused on that future. So all the things that were happening down here were not affecting me. Why? Because I was looking ahead and, and I was looking for a time when I'll be, you know, teaching, you know, marriage. And as, that's, that's by, by the way, right now, that happens to be one of my big, big ministries I do. Uh, yesterday, I taught the whole day in, in Lukaya. Tomorrow, I'm going back to the same place teaching the whole day. And, and this is what I do. <laughs> I'm doing this, but can you imagine that after those three, four terribly bad failed relationships, if I focused on that, I would not have looked forward and I would not be a blessing the way I am right now. So whatever, I will say this again, whatever is happening around and in you does not necessarily determine the outcome of your life according to God. So that's why it is important that we learn to forget the past and we look ahead. Jeremiah 1, 9 to 10, he says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdom to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Wow. So, Jeremiah, you are not just a prophet as a joke. You are a big prophet, boss. You are the kind that will be uprooting kingdoms. You, you, you are not just going to be a joker. And can you imagine this boy? He has never prophesied before. He, he can't even stand and talk. 
And God is telling him, hey, look, boss, I am going to do amazing things in your life. And I'm going to use that life the way it is. And, uh, and, and of course, until we come to that place where we want to let go of the past and say, God, what you have in front there, we will never be able to see what God can do in our lives. And I like the point I put here, say, until we stretch, look beyond where we are, we will not access what God has in store for us. Because obviously, uh, God is now showing him, I'm going to do more than you can even ever imagine in your life. And um, it's my prayer that God will open our eyes, that he will help us to begin to see. In fact, I'm trying to look for that scripture where he says he stretched his hand and touched my lips. Yeah, it's here. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So meaning, as long as you are looking at the present and the past, God is not going to equip you for the future. When he told him, look here, young man, there is more to your life than what you can. Then he stretched and touched him. He says, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. Listen, he had already been made to be a king, a prophet from the womb. But the time comes as, as he grows up and he has now to be weaned from what he knows and what he's used to. Then God stretches his hand and touches him. And after that, the rest is history. Then here, the verses 11 to 12, he says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Another version says, I'm watching my word performing. And, and I think this is important for us to learn. Because look what the Bible is saying here. It says, look, they spoke to Jeremiah and said, what do you see? Because God depends a lot on what we see in order to do what he has in store for us. So if you are not able to see what God wants to do in your life, you will live on the natural level. But when you can stretch yourself to see things the way God sees them, you see the Bible says, his ways are not, his ways are not ours. Amen? His ways are not ours. So every time you are working with God, if you are looking at things the way you see them, then you are going to miss what God wants to do in your life. So that's why he tells us here, he says, look, I want to do something beyond your imagination. In fact, in, uh, <clears throat> when you read in, in, in Peter chapter 2, uh, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 actually, uh, verse 3, he says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and goodness. Everything. He has given it to us through our knowledge of him. So uh, the moment you know God, everything you ever needed for your life, anything you ever needed for your spiritual life, your goodness has will not be given to you, has already been given to you. But now he tells us in verse 4, he says that he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we can participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. So that's very interesting. God is working. God has things he wants to do. But through the promises of God, it lifts us to see beyond where we are in the natural to look into the supernatural. That's why the Bible says we are seated in the heavenly presence with Jesus. We are not down here. We see ourselves down here, but he sees us up there. He sees us with, with all the riches of heaven at our disposal. But because we are looking around, we are looking at our challenges, we'll never move. I will never forget during the lockdown, I was, I was online and I was talking about faith and I was 
I was declaring things in faith. And so I called the builders and asked them to post for us a portion that we needed to do when we get the money. And then surprise and surprises, shocks of shocks. One hajat comes here and says, Pastor, I've never contributed to this building. Give us a hundred bags of cement. Jesus. So during the lockdown, where there's no money, we were building. In fact, there's another guy. He, he, he has a lorry, so he brought sand. People have ordered for sand, but he delayed. When he arrived, somebody else had the, supplied the sand. So he came and said, Pastor, can I pour my sand here? Uh, if you can't buy it, let me pour it here. When I get market, I'll come and take it. So I called him. I said, I'm going to use this sand. I will pay you when I get the money. And so this, the, the, the cement came. This thing came. And then shock of shocks, the, the, our builder comes and says, Pastor, don't you have any work to do here? I don't have, uh, uh, these days we don't have work, work. So, and my boys are just seated and I don't want them to become idle. Can we begin working? But if you don't have money, you can always pay us later as long as you can feed them. Very interesting. Anyway, one of the things that really excite me is that whole story in Numbers chapter 13. 12 spies. The, God tells Moses, I want you to pick 12 guys uh, each of them leaders of their clan, and I want those guys to go and see the land I'm giving them. You know, this land is great. It flows with milk and honey and stuff like that. And these guys go to the land, and 12 go, and uh, 12 come back. All of them have a good report, but some people had seen something that melted their hearts, and they wrote a bad report according to what scripture says. So, why am I talking about this? It's very, very important. What you see out of your life, what you see out of your life had better not be controlled by where you are at right now, but be controlled by the revelation of God in your life. Because that is now what will help you to look ahead and so that you can forget the past. Because actually the past is in the past and it, has, it, it is going to pass. Now, there's something uh, that I want to share with us, understanding how we function. We have a mind, we have a heart, and we have a will. Of course, obviously, the mind is for thinking, the heart is for feeling, and the will is for choosing. One of the things I've learned, and we use this in the counseling model, is that what we think affects how we feel. The way I think will affect how I feel, and how I feel will affect how I choose. And I've learned this, whatever happens, whatever happens, I must always watch what I am thinking about the things I'm seeing. So if God gives you a revelation about something, you need to be careful that you think right about that revelation because the children of Israel went to the land, they saw what God was saying, but because of their thinking, which of course is picked from our past, that's why he told us in Isaiah, he said, don't even consider the things of past. Why? Because the things of past have become part of your experience and your experience of the past may actually not be necessary for the future. And that's why God tells us to forget the former things. And, and so I came up with uh, some, the basics of what helps us to look ahead. I'm trying to uh, work with the time that we have. So number one, what need were you created to meet? Because this is going to help you uh, to look ahead. If you know that you are created for a specific thing, it is going to help you to stay focused so that you don't live in the present and in the past. You need to be focused to that thing. And maybe another question to help us to understand this is what things excite or anger you? 
Like for example, I like through the praying, I think it was Reverend Rebecca or somebody, you are praying that when they look at the, you know, the homosexuality and the things that are affecting our children, the way, the way she prayed, you could feel the pain. Uh, you could feel the, the anger of these things which are happening. Now, this is what I learned. The things that excite me, God created me so that I make sure they happen. The things that anger me, God created me so I make sure those things don't happen. And, 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 and many of us, we need to understand that God has put us here. Now, for us, it may not be like Jeremiah where God comes and says, hey, Jeremiah, oh, hold your name. He says, you know, I created you to be this. No, for some of us, he has just put those switches inside us. You remember the story of Moses? Uh, Moses is put on water and his little sister picks and takes to the mother and the mother is paid to look after her and, and uh, after him. And uh, the thing that really excites me about Moses is that I think in the process, the mother told him, say, hey, little boy, you know, you are not a Jew. You are not an Egyptian. You are actually a Jew. And so don't worry that you don't look so much like these guys. For us, we are different from them. And, and, and I believe God has saved you so that you deliver these people. When you read in Hebrews, the Bible says, Moses, when he had fully come to age, he considered it uh, better to go and suffer with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He, he looked at those people suffering and he says, no way, I have to do something. It angered him when he saw it. Now, many of us see things and we just complain. Many of us see things and we just judge. And some of us, actually, the reason why you're angry about that thing is because God wants you to do something about it. I know, I know, I know a sister who God has called her to work with old people. You One time we were driving, say, hey, stop, stop, stop. So I said, what's the problem? So I've seen an old woman. I said, so? She went out, went down, and sat down and took, I said, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Do you know? I said, no, I love old people. Oh God, what are you talking about? You love old people and then you stopped me and you know we are late. You have been calling me, I'm going to preach. And now you are saying we have to stop and greet an old woman. Oh my God. You know, like it just didn't click at all. But you see, God had put that lady into my car that time because I believe God wanted me to do something with old people in future. And, and how he introduced that to me is that my mom was being, was told that she had to live for only four months if you don't do an open heart surgery. And at 83, I'm not going to cut, pay somebody to kill my mother through open heart surgery. Anyway, so operator at 83 and then add how many years on her life. It's just hurting the woman and wasting money. Anyway, that's what my reasoning, because I didn't have the money, I guess. Anyway, so we believed God and my mom lived for three and a half more years. And those three and a half more years, that's when I understood what old people go through. And then I, I started thinking, as soon as my mom passed, I started thinking of doing a ministry for the old people, I want to build them a hospital, I want to put a nursing home, I want to call Abel a beautiful evening life. Where did it come from? God had to expose me to it, and I believe it was not just an exposure so that I leave it there. So that's how God helps us to be working and looking ahead. Now, in order for us to, to make sure we go to these places, we need to look at Always when we have to do the things, I picked some of these points from John Maxwell, I don't remember the book, but he says that if we are going to do things that will impact communities, it always starts with a need. So each one of us who are here, I want you to begin changing your life. What do you think God may have put you here for? There must be something that you need to help us solve. And then that need will help you spark some passion within you. When, when you are passionate about something, like that lady, she sparked that passion towards you know, caring for people 
who are old. And then, of course, that person acts in response to the need. You need to do something about that need, that passion that God has put you. And this action will move others to cooperate with you. I've already had some people who are coming in to help me do that ministry of the elderly. And, and that's how God actually works. And, and like, I mean, right now, we're having a serious, serious need in Uganda. We need to do something. You know, before I came here, I listened to a prophecy that was given, I think, uh, towards the end of last year or the beginning of last year, uh, Apostle uh, Mulinde. And yet I'd also listened to another one, I think, from Dolovu. And all of them are talking bloodshed if we don't pray. And, and so I believe, and I know some people that they only hear it, but uh, some of you, when you hear that, there's something that is stirred within you, and you need to begin thinking on how to go about it. The next thing which will help us to look ahead, what gifts do you possess? And the Bible tells us, Proverbs 18, 16, it says, a man's gift will make room for him and will bring him before great men. That gift that God has given you, it was not just given to you to, to, to talk about that you have a gift. That gift was given to you so that it shall be used to do what God wants you to do. So in order for us to move on, a person might find a gift within them. What gift do you have? I, when I was growing up, one of the things that almost all my nicknames had to do with my talking. They called me, it's my white mudomo mudomo. They called me all kinds of things. They called me Mauka, all kinds of names. And all of them had to do with talking. And if they had to insult me, the problem is you talk too much. And I remember one time I was, I was working in the garage. I was under a bus and, you know, I was, you know, working. I just greased the bus. I was now oiling down, spraying. And, uh, but I was talking to somebody who was up, who was working on the other side. And in the process, some grease, which I'd over put, I think, dropped in my mouth. Oh, my God. I felt so bad. Felt so bad. I was very angry. And I remember from that day, when I went back home, I said, why am I even a mechanic? I don't think this is what I want to do. So I decided to pick up. Uh, full scope and write all the things I thought were my gifts. And uh, one of them is that I can talk uh, a lot and I can talk uh, without a lot of struggle. I can, you know, add up things. I don't need too much time for me to prepare uh, before I can communicate and communicate well to people. So I thought that is a gift, actually. I have a gift in that area. Then I started thinking, how do I use this gift? And then I started, you know, reading about people who have spoken to bring transformations. And, and so for me, I discovered I have that gift. And then also what I had to do is now to begin to groom and develop that gift. I remember those days when I was a watchman, I used to preach to the benches. I would, you know, hold the crusade. I preach the, you know, the way I think that they, okay, what is happening there? I would be talking like that. And I would I said, bring that one back, say, receive in Jesus' name. You know, I would just be doing those things like that. With the time, I started recording those messages. One time I was listening to it, and um, somebody said, wow, where did you get that? One of the gifts I have is I can do accents, so I preached this particular message in uh, Nigerian accent. So I was talking about prayer, and uh, it was uh, I got a text from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, that asks that you shall receive. So that was the message I preached. So this guy said, oh, I like the Nigerian preachers. I said, can you get for me some of those tapes? I said, yeah, the 2,000. So then, of course, they gave me, they gave me, he gave me 10,000. I went and bought a box. The boxes at that time, I think, were 5,000. Um, and then, you know, I started uh, uh, seriously preaching. I started, 
you know, preaching and recording those messages. I mean, I started also doing some in Indian accents. Of course, one time they discovered I was the one making them, but then by this time I moved on, but I have developed my preaching abilities. Then, of course, eventually uh, you have to match this gift with a place of service. Whatever gift God has given you, it's not just for you to keep, but you have to put it in a place of service. And of course, this gift will provide a platform for you to influence others and you continue flourishing because of your gift. So I want to come back to you and say, whatever God has given you, work with that. Don't look, they ask Moses, what do you have in your hand? As a, as a, as a, a shepherd boy, his best tool was a, a stick in his hand. And that's what God used. So what has God put in your life? And I mean, like, even as I'm talking right now, I've just been thinking, the country is at a very bad place. People are very angry. And God has given me a gift which can change, uh, you know, this country. So now I'm packaging that. How do I use this? And of course, you have this huge problem of domestic violence. And so that's a window I want to go through. And, and I believe I've taught people the testimonies are abnormally, unbelievably good. So I want to use my gift in that area of serving this country. We want to remove all this anger. Some of you wondered how the, uh, the, the riots just ended suddenly in 2017. Well, we gathered the leaders of Kiseka Market. They have a network of leaders. We taught them for uh, 10 afternoons, Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday. And at the end of that, there was no more riot in that place. Otherwise, if we had not done that training, by the time they removed people from Kiseka Market, we would have lost some lives. That's what I'm talking about. We need to believe God to help us use what he has given us. And then uh, there must be something you are passionate about. All of us have something we are passionate about. So when, when you have a passion in your life and it's important that you take, what's your passion? Find it. Because when you find that passion, it will help you to look in the future. Because whatever God has given you has something to do with your future. Then look at the burdens that... and. Uh, which comes with your interests and concerns. What are those burdens you have? Convictions, your values, your principles and your beliefs. Gifts, your God-given abilities. Needs, your desperate circumstances. And opportunities, your occasion to get involved. Now, this, these are very, very important. I'm kind of rushing through them. Uh, I don't know if, uh, hopefully, maybe I can share the, because um, I'm, I'm rushing through. I see our time is gone. Uh, I don't know if we may have to, Maybe share the notes so that you can look at them and pick one by one what are your burdens, what are your convictions, what are your gifts. Because when we find these things that are going to help us, we stay focused. Sometimes God has put things in our lives and are supposed to be used uh, for the future. Like David was a musician. God had to use that to introduce him to, uh, to royalty, uh, to learn how kings behave, how they eat and how they do things. And then, of course, as a king was supposed to take territory, he had to be chased away, and, and himself, he tells us that God trains my hands for war. Uh, that's, uh, that Psalms 100 from 140 he talks about how God trained him in war. And so that by the time now he becomes a king who is supposed to lead people into war, he has been trained. And he, oh, oh, his needs, his desperate circumstances taught him uh, his gifts of singing, you know, his opportunities to live uh, in this amazing, amazing place, you know. Uh, his interest to see what God can do helped him when he was on the front line uh, to know. And then lastly, when we have defined our purpose, we will need to persuade people uh, to work with us. 
And part of what helps us to stay keeping ahead, uh, these are proven practices which help us to do things. I think I also picked this from John Maxwell. He says, what gets talked about gets done, and what gets trained for gets done, what gets measured gets done, and what gets budgeted gets done, and what gets confronted gets done. And, uh, and then, of course, what gets worded gets done. And these are things that I believe each and every one of us can do something about to think if God has given you something, you have a burden about something, talk about it and keep talking about it until God will do something with your life. I don't know if you people have been following and if I've been clear enough. Uh, I've been talking for quite a time. And I, I want to hopefully maybe if there are any questions or comments, I will, I will give people opportunity uh, to share. But, but that's kind of what God was laying upon my heart to share with us tonight, that we must forget what has happened in the past. We have to go forward. We have to, to look at the things as they are, not stop there, but hopefully see that there's something we can do. We, hopefully we can begin thinking, what can I do in Uganda, where the abductions in Uganda? where, you know, corruption, oh my God, every other day, it's so painful. We have been repenting for corruption in Uganda, and every, you know, every time they try to uh, to probe, it shows even worse corruption than we have ever imagined. Uh, this last week, oh my goodness, things I've had, it's like, oh God, you almost want to hate everybody, but then you realize, why is God exposing this information to me? We've got to do something about it as praying people, but, but I also want us to take it beyond being praying people. I want us to bring it to a place where we begin to do something with the things that God is revealing and showing us. And, and I want to pray that the Lord will open our eyes and that the Lord will cause us to be able uh, to rise to the occasion and actually to stop looking behind and go forward. And, and, and maybe let me just bring it as I tie it up. You know, some of us have children and our children used to be really nice and now they're behaving very badly. Forget the former things. We need to be looking forward. Our children will not be wasted. Our children are going to be used of God. And so no matter how they are manifesting right now, if God ever spoke to you about your children, that's the thing you must keep ahead of you, keep maintaining, keep trusting God, keep talking about. And, and I tell you, God is going to amaze us. Maybe the relationships we have have kind of run still. Many times it's because we forget where we were going and we begin focusing on things which are manifesting where we are at right now. We need to focus on what God told us in the beginning, and we need to keep working towards that. And um, actually, I just feel like maybe this will be a word of knowledge for somebody. Even right now, uh, you know, the person that you got married to has totally changed. Yeah, this is, this is for a lady out there, and uh, the person has totally changed. Uh, their manifestation is just like wicked and terrible. And this person was a minister, but 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 the God is telling me to tell you this: that stop looking at them as they are, continue looking at them as they were, and as God showed you. And and this is a trick, and, and I've seen God has helped me use many people, use it to help many people. If you see the person as God sees them, you need to rise up in faith and begin relating to them as they are supposed to be. Like for example. Person is a liar, the person is a cheat, the person is angry, the person is bad. What is God seeing? He's generous, he's faithful, he's good. You need to begin relating with this person in faith that God is going to make them 
what they are not right now. And you, I'm telling you, my sister, you are going to have a testimony. And one of these days, you'll come back here and share it with all of us. May God bless you. What an honor, what a joy for me to always be able to come and share with us the word of God. 